Yo, yo, this is your boy Rodney. And it's Candace. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cohort 1986. Sit back and relax. As you envision a new you and new perspective of new beginnings. Enjoy, y'all. Welcome, 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 everybody. We're back. We're back. Welcome to a special edition of Cohort 1986. We have a special guest today, uh, yes. Mr. Deshaun Wilson. We've hey. known Deshaun for about seven, eight years seven, now. Eight years. Mm -hmm. He's He's uh, been like the leader in our neighborhood, <laughs> galvanizing <laughs> the troops, getting things keeping together. Keeping everybody together, keeping everybody on their toes. Every, everybody on their toes. Making sure people ain't parking. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I mean, and in all the years that we know, him, he's just been a, a, a complete stand-up guy, man. He's uh, he's a man that wears many hats. Yeah. He uh, he, he's a he's a family man first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, you can just see the, the closeness of his family every time you see him. Yeah. Uh, and and most of all, man, he, he's he's a friend, man. Everybody loves Deshaun. Yeah. And uh, today we're just going to talk to him about his career within the fire department. Mm -hmm. And also, he's he's a he's a co-owner of a gym in Charlotte. Yeah. And so we're we're just going to get started with that. And uh, Candace, do you have a question for Deshaun? Well, yeah. Even before we have a question, I just want to kind of thank Deshaun and others for the public service work that you guys do. Yes. Um, and especially with being a fireman, working in the fire department, working as a police. You know, that's a tough job. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about leadership, but this is what leadership actually looks like putting your life on the line for others. Um, so I just want to really thank you for that. You know, my grandfather, um, he was a policeman for 30 years. So, you know, I remember going to the policeman station and going over there with the fire trucks were, and we would get to ride on them and, you know, take pictures and stuff. So um, that, I probably can't do that no more. But. No, no. <laughs> COVID and not Yeah, everything that happened. Yeah. So, you know, Sean, we want to give you a, a chance to introduce yourself. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm born and raised in Charlotte. Right now, you know, my Unicorn. primary job is working. Yeah. Is working. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a transient <laughs> city, most definitely. But, uh, in, uh, right now, my primary job is working for the Charlotte Fire Department. I used to ride a truck uh, in Gastonia, but now, I'm a fire inspector, so I'm also certified to do education and fire investigations and all of that stuff. But my primary job is uh being a fire inspector. So I am. You're right. I am a unicorn. I am one you of the are. few. As I go through the state, I, I ask people all the time where they're from, and you hardly ever see any, any anybody from Charlotte. But I was born right here in CMC. So CMC. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, um, forty uh, forty four years old and. You know, I've been I've been through a lot. You know, it's been worth it at the end of the day, though. You know, so and I guess we'll get through 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 that portion of my life through, sometime throughout the interview. Oh yeah, gotcha. we definitely gonna get all up in there. We want to know everything. Okay, first <laughs> all of all, right, you're, you're probably like the ten person that I know from Charlotte. So now I'm like, okay, maybe Charlotte people do maybe exist. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, see, see. I, I I've been in Charlotte since oh ninety nine two thousand. So right. Like, you you could you could kind of say I'm from here in a, a bit. Yeah. So I know a lot of people that are from like if you go back in the day, you meet a lot of people from Charlotte. Uh -huh. Now it's very very rare. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, well, you are right about that. One hundred percent. Yeah. You. We know you're from South Carolina. <laughs> nah, 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 I'm from nah. the Carolinas. 
Hey, we'll take Ronnie. I like Ronnie. We'll take Ronnie for sure. Oh, God. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, we know that you're from Charlotte, North Carolina, mm. uh, another unicorn. So, tell us a little bit about, like, what was it like for you growing up? Uh, Actually, I grew up, I didn't grow up in the city limits. I grew mm -hmm. up in uh, what it's called. It's called Paul Creek. But uh, it's still in, it's, it was in Mecklenburg County. But okay. uh, so right now it's in the city limits. But when I was growing up, we were like coming to Charlotte was like driving to the city. <clears throat> it was extremely, extremely country. But politically, I guess I'll say rural. But it was extremely <laughs> country. <laughs> That's the word we got to use, rural. <laughs> yeah. Like like when I was young, I mean, uh we had outhouses. We had an outhouse in my grandparents' house where I lived. Wow. wow. Uh, I, yeah, I had a pet pig. You know, I, it, it was a pig farm. My great grandfather, he was still living. He was he was a minister. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my grandfather, you know, worked on trucks. True country boy, you know, no. uh, watched NASCAR and chewed tobacco, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so we spent our weekends just hunting fishing and you know just hanging out with kids in the neighborhood you know and stuff like that going through traveling through woods so that's that's basically how it was for me and then you know i remember driving the freak when i was young driving the freedom drive was a big deal you know yeah. freedom, you know because he got all the shops on you yeah. know on both sides of the road and all of that stuff and that was a big deal for us you know coming to freedom drive and you know it's, it's just crazy seeing the, the growth mm -hmm. that the city has gone through throughout my life is it's really amazing for sure wow gotcha so what school did you attend in, in charlotte right. so i went to west mecklenburg High. well i went to northwest middle which is now a school of the arts on uh Batesville okay. road uh okay. then i went to uh, west Me west mecklenburg high school where where you know i play i was in sports uh actually ran for student body president um wow That's yeah right. yeah I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Now that I look back on it, I, I you know, I, I'm not surprised either. But back then, you know, it was uncharted territory for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just, it was just something that I, that I wanted to do. You know, so mm -hmm. I actually, I actually sort of kind of got disqualified out of the run. It came down between me and one other person, wow. and the, the principal didn't like the way that I advertised at the time <laughs> because. <laughs> I, my my advertisements around the school, you know, we're in high school, right? With seniors, right? Yeah. So my advertisements around the school said sex, sex, sex. Now that I have your attention, vote to Sean Wilson for student body president. Yo, you would have you have my vote, man. You would have my vote. So so yeah, so that didn't come out too good. But but you know, the principal and I, we we had a good relationship, and you know, I didn't get in trouble over it in anything, but yeah. everything was all you know was all good, and uh. You know, I, you know, obviously I ended up graduating. And after that, mm -hmm. you know, I spent some time at Johnson C. Smith, you know, mm -hmm. local college right here in yeah. Charlotte. And it was crazy mm -hmm. because my mom, you know, she wanted me to get out of Charlotte to go to, to go to school. You know, she mm -hmm. wanted me to have that experience, just getting away, being on my own. But some of the colleges that I wanted to go that that I would have been interested in. I had friends there like mm -hmm. in Greensboro. Mm -hmm. you know, and some other places. And, you know, you know, as a, as a high schooler, you, you want to go where you already know people, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I made a conscious decision not to do that because my friends were also getting into a lot of stuff that my mom didn't know about. Right. You know, they was, telling, you know, they were selling weed and all mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And I wouldn't tell my mom that, but that's why I didn't want to go there. Cause I didn't want to mm -hmm. get caught up in that. Right. Because right. I, I knew that I would, 
right? Somehow, yeah. some way, even if I wasn't doing, I'm riding with them, stuff like that. Yeah. So it actually turned out to be a very now. Now looking back on my life, it actually turned out to be a pretty mature uh, decision. Mm-hmm. It somebody was. my age. It was. But, uh, but, at, but you know, at the, at the time, I wasn't thinking of it like that, man. I'm just trying to stay above the fray. You know, I'm just like, man, mm-hmm. I don't really want to get in trouble. So mm-hmm. I ended up. So I ended up going to a local college, Johnson C. Mm-hmm. Smith. My mom was mad about it, mm-hmm. and uh, but but you know, she she came around, and the thing about it is Johnson C. Smith being a private school, it was really expensive. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, so during the time that I was going there, my father, who was who was going to help me pay for college, mm-hmm. actually went to prison. You know, he mm-hmm. went to prison for selling for selling drugs. And um, mm-hmm. and and it kind of hurt. You know, I wasn't a, I actually was going on a partial scholarship, but the coach that recruited me for football ended up going to Savannah State. Wow. So, so, Savannah State. so I had to come in under a whole new coaching staff and mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So needless to say, even though I'm I'm proud of the time that I spent as a golden bull at Johnson C. Smith, it, it, it didn't last long. Wow. So 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 what I did was at that time, my dad was he had a bail bonding company as, as well. So mm-hmm. I stopped going to school and started basically kind of help helping run run his business. Wow. So, yeah. And, and what what's so crazy? Like. What which experience? Like working, um, you know, working as, as a business bond and taking over your dad's company. Oh man, that was it was crazy because when I can't, I didn't, you know, come in taking it over from the or try, you know, running it at the beginning because my mm-hmm. uncle was there, so obviously I had to learn the ropes. But right. it was crazy, man, because I came in at like eighteen or nineteen, right? Mm-hmm. Because and so even when we would go have to arrest people, I couldn't carry a pistol. I would have to carry a shotgun because I was too young, oh, you know. God. I was too young to carry the gun that I carry had to be at least 18 inches. So so I was carrying a shotgun and and I, I tell you, you know, going to arrest people at that age, you grow up really, really fast. Mm. Right. Really fast. You know, having to actually pull guns out on people, put them in handcuffs. And not only that, man, it, you know, being a, a black man uh here in Charlotte and seeing I got to see firsthand what the system, you know, you know, what what it was like to go through the system. You know, because yeah. I had, you know, because I was dealing with people that look like me every day from mm-hmm. con- from from conception of their crime, from me getting them out of jail all the way to when they're sentenced, wow. you know, or, yeah. or released or whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, obviously, most of the time it didn't turn out well. And, yeah. you know, no, knowing that 95 to 96 percent of uh, Mecklenburg County Jail was full of black males, you know, it mm-hmm. it puts things in, into play for you at that age. Yeah. Wow. 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 Oh my gosh. So, uh, so to me, it seems like you were born to be a leader. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you've, you've had these leadership qualities since you were young. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like when, when you were a child, Mm -hmm. just take that back. What, what what did you aspire to be? When I was in, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a lawyer and I I did it. Yeah. <laughs> one of yeah, one of the things was what's crazy though is like people don't realize, you know, and I try to tell my son this, you know, the things that you're going through in high school, you know, pay attention to that stuff because it, mm. it, it can make a, a really big difference later on in your life. You know, from right. from things was getting in trouble to even making decisions on, you know, what you you know, what you want to be interested in. Because what what's crazy is what happened happened to me. And sometimes I wonder if I regret it. Is that when I went to, you know, back then, I don't know what it's like now, but you go see us, you know, everybody goes sees the counselor. Counselor mm-hmm. basically tell you, hey, what are you interested in doing? You know, you know they'll ask you that. And you, 
kind of get into that conversation. And I told him, hey, man, I want to be a lawyer. And I remember him looking at me and said, nah, you don't want to be a lawyer. Everybody's trying to be a lawyer. Wow. And I'm thinking, right, right. And I'm thinking back now, that dude was lying. He was straight lying. And even if he wasn't, you know, because, you know, being in a bail bonding industry, I saw how, you know, firsthand how the things with lawyers work. And it wasn't a lot of them back then when I was saying it, right? Right, It was just, I felt like now that I look back on it, I truly felt like he just tried to deter me from Mm -hmm. from doing something like that right Mm -hmm. but but uh but yeah so right then when he told me that it it has such a profound influence on me right then Mm -hmm. i was like i just gave up on it just like that like okay well i guess i can't be a lawyer i guess i'll try to do something else you know so you know that's you know and i think sometimes those teachers and stuff like that obviously a lot of them do uh Mm -hmm. realize the impact that they have on people but i think Mm -hmm. some of them take advantage of it so wow, that is so sad. That so, is, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? You know, it happens too much. Um, and right. one thing I do want to say about that is, you know, we need to change that narrative. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we need to make sure that we're holding people accountable, right? Um, especially right. like counselors. You know, these are people that yeah. we have in the school system that are there mm-hmm. for counseling of students. Yeah. Um, right. So, I mean, that influence and that impact, like you said, you know, that just stops you, stops you dead in your tracks. Right. So, I mean, and yeah. this is another reason why we're doing the show is to just kind of spread light on different perspectives to talk about people's career paths and to talk about what are some of the things that really impacted um, some of the decisions that got them to where they are now. So, gotcha. Sean, I will, I will tell you this. Can, if, if you don't mind, can I say something? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will tell you. Yeah, I, I will tell you another thing that, to be honest, where I felt like gave me an advantage throughout life as a young man. Mm-hmm. So two things, and they're not necessarily synonymous, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even yeah. though they seem similar. Uh, m- my stepfather was white. So mm-hmm. I grew up in a household where, you know, obviously, you know, I'm black. My mother was black. And then my mm-hmm. stepfather was white. And then my real father obviously was black. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it gave me, you know, it gave me a, a, a perception, a unique perception on life as far as the way I view people and deal with people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you're that young and you're taught to learn somebody that to love somebody that doesn't look like you, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know what, I, you know, if I would be the same person I would like to think that I would have. But I don't know mm-hmm. if I would have been been the same person that I am today if I had a group grew up in a, uh, a, you know, a traditional black household. You know, I would like to think that I would have been, but, but as far as from a racial aspect and how I view people as a whole, like, you know, different, whether, whether, whether you're culturally different, whether you, mm-hmm. the races are different, you know, mm-hmm. or LGBTQ, whatever the case yeah. may be, I the try to have respect and treat everybody the same. And, right. and I think learning to love somebody that didn't look like me at such a young age helped me out with that. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I learned too, is that, you know, I was a young hip hop, Cat, cat. So I had hat to the side. I didn't wear my pants sagging. I don't get with that. But right. you know, I wore the baggy pants and a hat to the side or back and all of that stuff. And one thing that I realized at an early age is that when I met people that were other races, white or predominantly white, obviously because that's what the majority is here in Charlotte, white and black, mm-hmm. is that I already knew if I met an older white um, white man, I already knew that he probably more than black likely he had a negative perception of me before I even opened my mouth. So I mm-hmm. set a goal for my that every time I talk to somebody of a different race to change their thought. Once I open my mouth, 
I want to instantly change what they think about me. So mm -hmm. when I started, you know, regardless of how I look, when I started to talk to people, I made sure I was extremely respectful. I made sure I was, mm -hmm. you know, I spoke with correct grammar. You know, it wasn't like any hood talk, even though I knew how to do all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't want them to, I didn't want that stigmatism or that, uh, the way that they viewed me, that stereotype to continue once they talked to me. And right. you would be amazed at how many people's guard, their guard will are instantly drop when they understand, okay, I'm talking to somebody that, you know, that's got some sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are two things that I think were um, helped, you know, that had to, had to deal with my development as well. Yeah. Cultural right. intelligence. And that's another thing that's very important is to be respective of different cultures, you know, even when you're traveling, you know, mm -hmm. just to make sure that, you know, mm -hmm. you understand like the lay of the land. Um, so that's mm -hmm. another that's a great point to bring up is just to be aware of other people. Um, you know, even right. when you're talking to them, when you're coming into the space to find common ground. Mm -hmm. And I think that's right. a good point that everyone can kind of take from. Right, right, right. Right. And Sean, mm -hmm. uh, can you just kind of chronicle just, just how you got started? Uh, what actually piqued your interest into being a firefighter? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I was I was uh, basically at this point, I was practically kind of running my father's business mm -hmm. and um and he, you know, he was he, by this time he was out of prison because I did this for uh, bail bonding for like eleven or twelve years. Oh wow! Oh, wow! So yeah, so he basically he was, you know, he was telling me, you know, I, hey, I'm gonna leave you some of the, you know, I'm, I'm gonna give you some of this business. You earned it, you know. I'm gonna give you a percentage mm -hmm. of it. And he kept telling me that, but it wasn't coming to fruition, you know. And I mm -hmm. think that's one of the things that's us as as uh, as black people. I think that's one of the things that that we fail at with our kids at you know is that mm. you know when when he just kept telling me that and basically i knew i saw that it wasn't really happening then i had my son i was mm. like look i gotta establish my own future right, right. so right. you know at that point in time but you know but i felt like man if he had a you know if he had done what he said and just i don't care if it was 25 percent, 15 percent of the business i was doing most of the work anyway that you know him and i probably be you know maybe not millionaires, but thousandaires by this point, because, right. you know, because of my work ethic and his work ethic and his business savviness, we would have been mm -hmm. great partners, but, you know, but th that's water under the bridge, but either way. So, so at that point in time, I said, you know, I got a son, you know, I, I wanted to, um, I got, I got to start my own path. So right. I said, you know, and I always knew that, you know what, if I go to a job that I, cause I love being a bail bondsman at the time. Mm -hmm. And if I go to a job that I enjoy going to, everybody's heard this old analogy. It's not like going to work, right? If you enjoy right. it. So, and I knew that my passion was helping people. So, mm -hmm. so I had a buddy of mine who wanted me to go uh, to the police department, but to be honest, you know, at that time I was just burnt out on criminals, you know, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was burnt out on that. And I was like, well, you know what, let me try. I was just sitting there one day at a light and a fire truck drove by. I was like, you know what? Let me look into that. And I started started researching it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it got to, came down to the point to when it came down, you know, out, uh, from being a police officer to a, uh, versus a fireman. You know, mm -hmm. I felt like, man, I did bail bonding for 12 years. I think mm -hmm. fire is going to be more predictable than people. Because, <laughs> you know, because people are crazy, right? <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you. Right. <laughs> like, as bad as it sounds, I know running into a burning building is dangerous. But, yeah. man, people people can, yeah, people can be really crazy, you know. So, yeah. as sure. we can see these days. So, sure. uh, so yeah. So, I applied. And uh, I applied in Charlotte. And I applied in Gastonia. 
Mm -hmm. and, and Gastonia actually went through that hiring process first. And I got, you know, and I got the job. It, you know, I'll tell you what's crazy. Uh, what happened in Gastonia? So Gastonia had their first black fire chief, right? Wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Chief. Well, well, when I first applied, he wasn't there. OK. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I say his color, because it makes a difference in the story. So when mm -hmm. I applied. They, they have you fill out this questionnaire based on anything that you've ever done in life, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I mean, you know, through high school. I don't care how bad it is. You put it on this paper. Right. Wow. And it, it was it was so eye opening for me. I took that paper and I brought it to my son and I say, this is why I want you to pay attention to everything you do in high school, because, see, everything mm -hmm. that I've ever done, I have to put on this paper. Right. Now, right. Wow. And when you're in high school and stuff in college, you ain't thinking about that. You're thinking right? about that. Thinking about it. And so, and I got to take a lot of take the test based on this stuff, right? So, Ooh. wow, right, right. So I said, okay. So I filled it out, and you know, I had some things where you know I was fourteen and I had stole something, and you know, mm -hmm. just you know, look, nothing, nothing crazy. Most, and obviously, yeah, yeah. and by this time, I'm twenty nine years old. So all of this stuff was before I was even twenty one. That happened, right? Mm -hmm. So when I went to when I went to apply for the job, the, the, the where when the chief the chief calls me, and and mm -hmm. says, um. Well, you know, well, somebody called me from the fire department, basically told me they weren't going to hire me because of something I did when I was like young. Right. Wow. And I was like, man, but I was so young, like y'all going to hold that against me. And he was like, yeah, we, yeah, we, we can't hire you. I'm like, OK. So it was disappointing. But I rolled on about mm -hmm. six months later. They they had a, uh, the first black chief, Chief mm -hmm. uh, Ke uh, Ke Kenneth Lay is what his name mm -hmm. name was. And he and somebody called me. And, and it was like, hey, this is such and such from the city of Gastonia Fire Department. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, we saw that you topped out on the interview process and you topped out on the test. And you, mm -hmm. you was basically the top of the, the first candidate on this list. And we and Chief Lay, the new chief here, wants to talk to you and interview you and find out why they didn't hire you. Wow. wow. So I said, OK. So I came in. He said, he said, are you still interested in working for the city of Gastonia? I said, yeah, of course. So mm -hmm. I came in. Met him face to face. And he said, I'm going to mm -hmm. tell you straightforward. He said, I know what they told me. Mm -hmm. He said, I want to know what they told you and why they didn't hire you, because you top everything. You were the top person on this list. And I, I don't understand. I don't understand why they didn't hire you to make, you know, make a long story short. What they told him was different than what they told me. Wow. Right? So. So he said. Uh, so he said to me at that time, he said, uh, he said, so I'll tell you what he said. If, he said, um, with that being said. If you're willing to go through the whole process again, mm -hmm. and if you do even close to as well as you did last time, you know, I'll speak up for you and, and I'll make sure you get a job here. He, and he said, but but, you know, don't 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 turn me out to be wrong. You know, I said, mm -hmm. you know, because he doesn't know me. I said, I said, right. uh, yeah, 100 percent. You don't have to worry about that. So I went through the whole process again and. Uh, ended up, I think I was in either first or second on, you know, on the list mm -hmm. and he hired me. And from that, from, from that point on, I, I owe my fire career to that man. Wow. 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 Talking yep. about a free start Fresh and people yeah, man. people a chance. Right. Wow. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but let's so talk I worked about this lie detector though. You had to take a lie detector test to be a oh, yeah. Oh yeah. They, 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 they used to have it to where, I don't know if they still do it. Uh, because like I've been in the fire service for 15 years now, yeah. but you used to have to take a, a psychological test too. You have mm -hmm. to take a psychological test and a lie detector test. I know you still have to take the lie detector test. I don't think because that psychological test was like eight hours. 
six eight, eight hours. hours. So yeah, and it was expensive. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So it was crazy, but yeah, that lot of take the test when they gave me that form to fill out for the lot to take the test. You know, I, like I said, I took it to my son, and my son was young. I said, "Look at all the stuff that they asked me about my life. This is why you don't need to make mistakes. You know, this is why every little thing you go through can can come back to bite you. You know what I mean?" Because they have, you know, so yeah, you got to go, you know, and then when I, then later, you know, so I did operations in Gastonia. Yeah. And um, I moved, you know, I basically moved up the chain there from basically uh, uh, my tenure wise, seniority wise, and I, mm -hmm. I became like a special, a hazmat technician and a special operations technician hmm. before, before I went over to uh, fire prevention, which is uh, more administrative. Right. Uh, and then I then I did administrator for for a couple of years in Gastonia and then I applied for Charlotte. And then mm -hmm. I've been in Charlotte for like for the last three years. So what do you do as an inspector? Basically, as a fire inspector, you know, we just make sure that the people, the employees that work in that building and mm -hmm. the, the the customers um, or tenants or residents or the, the basically the occupants that that um, that utilize that building are safe from a fire perspective. So I gotta make sure that they're up to date on getting their sprinkler system service, you know, mm -hmm. uh, fire alarms, uh, it, you know, they're not chaining exit doors and, wow. you know, and, uh, and and doing a bunch of nefarious stuff that put pe puts mm -hmm. people in harm's way when it comes to fire protection, uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, because a lot of people, you know, but just going, cause like right now I went back to school. So I'm back in school right now to get my fire protection degree. And it's, you oh, know, wow. so many awesome. fires yeah, it's it's so many fires that that's happened across across the country, even here in North Carolina, where people you know have chained doors and stuff. And man, it's it's some pretty gruesome stuff yeah. out there that that's gotten people killed. So you know, mm -hmm. I, I I take I take my job seriously. You know, as far right. as trying to keep people safe. That's right, Sean. I, I have a question. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm gonna go back to like the, the beginning of your fire career. Like so, what, mm -hmm. I, I know it's a very strenuous job. Mm -hmm. So right. what were like some of the physical requirements? Yeah, that that were needed question. and like can, can you just kind of talk about like what the typical shift looks like okay so the, to get hired so you have a written test okay mm -hmm. that's that's not based based on so let's say Roddy, for instance you may not have any fire experience you should still be able to go take that test because it's a general knowledge test even though you. it may have some type of fire scenarios on it it's supposed to be a, mm -hmm. it's a general knowledge test right so you take that written test and then, um, and then you take uh, the uh, the physical agility test, which is called a CPAC. So mm -hmm. basically, you have 10, uh, 10 minutes and like thirty seconds to complete an obstacle course, basically. <laughs> and in that obstacle course, yeah, yeah it's it's a beast. Now, I'm not even gonna lie to you because you got to. I mean, you better be ready for it because you start off. You wear a twenty five pound vest. Oh God! And right, and you walk on a treadmill. You got to walk on the treadmill for three minutes. Mm -hmm. And even when you're on, on the treadmill, they put an extra 12.5 pounds on each shoulder mm -hmm. outside of the vest. So so as soon as you finish that three minutes, no. they take the, the pads off of here. You still got on the regular vest. You got to walk a line. They got a line that you got to follow. And, and every few steps, there's a different obstacle that you got to go through. And you got and you have to complete. It's, it's about seven different uh, uh, obstacles. And mm -hmm. so, so you got to complete all of those within the 10 minutes and, and 30 seconds, basically. Wow. So once you pass that, they accumulate, 
you get they get accumulation of your scores, like how well you you did in an interview. I mean, how you know how well you did uh, in in an interview, how well you did on a written test, and how well you did on a physical agility test. And then at that point, they put you on a list. And then a lot of times you have what they call a chief's interview, where you go and you meet the the fire chief, and and then then they determine what order they want to hire you at that point in time. Wow. So then, yeah. So then once you get hired, uh, you know, you actually, you know, go through a bunch of training. So mm-hmm. in Charlotte, you got to go through rookie school and, and Gastonia and a lot of smaller munis- municipalities, you got to go through rookie school too, but it's, mm-hmm. it's not as uh, organized as, as in, in, and as intense as Charlotte because Charlotte, you know, they have so many applicants. They have yeah. 30 people going through a class, you know, wow. where a city like Gastonia may have, five people going through, right? So, you know, so, but you basically go through a bunch of training um, for the first couple of months, just in case it's somebody like, let's say like you, Rodney, that's green to the fire service. Cause I was, I was green. You know, I never wore an SCBA, which is basically the mask in the tank. I've never mm-hmm. wore that before in my life. So the, and I remember one of the guys saying, Hey, you ever worn one of these before? I said, no. He said, all right, don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> because hey, if you claustrophobic, I'm telling yeah. you, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a come to Jesus meeting when you, you know, <laughs> you know, when you, when you, hey, listen, when you put all that stuff on, you gotta understand Ooh. that there's no part of your skin that is exposed yeah. to the elements. Wow. So you might as well be, you might as well be in a, uh, like a, you know, like a hazmat suit or, a, you know what I mean? So, wow. so that there's no part of you that's exposed to the elements. So that part is not, not that bad. But what I had to get used to was, when when you get tired and you're breathing hard mm-hmm. and you have that regulator on, mm-hmm. that regulator is not breathing the same. If I'm panting, it's not that regulator doesn't work like that, right? Wow. So so you know you, you you I had to get adjusted to that. But once I got adjusted to that, you know it it was pretty. You know it wasn't it wasn't too bad. And then obviously when I went my first fire, you know just to mm-hmm. tell you a quick story about that. So mm-hmm. so we had our training fire, right? So I'm about to go mm-hmm. in this building. They they set this house on fire. And I'm on the nozzle, you know, so, uh, so I'm the point, man. I'm at the front and the captain's behind me and he's like, all right, go ahead in. You know, a smoke billowing out the front door. Wow. So you're on your knees. I, I slide Very in good. about I slide in about about uh, I'll say I slide in about four feet. Right. And I turn around and I say, hey, you know, because I'm used to movies. Right. So I turn around and I say, hey, captain, <laughs> oh, I can't God. see. I can't see. He was like, we know. Keep going. So I, I, I say, so, so I slide a little bit more and I say, hey, hey, I can't see y'all. They're like, we know. Just keep going. You know what I mean? So I get in there and it was like, trust your training. So then that's when, because it ain't like the movies. When you in and when you're in these housewives, you can't see, you can't even see your hand in your face, right? Wow. So what you gotta do is you gotta keep quiet because fire, when it burns, it's extremely loud. Like mm-hmm. crackling and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can feel like where the heat is coming from. So you yeah. you started you started honing on your senses, right? So yeah. I honed in on my senses and I could feel the heat. So I started moving in that direction. And eventually I got close enough to the point where I could see an orange glow and I was able to put the fire out. But it's wow. it's interesting though. Yeah, yeah. So I, ever since then I was, I was hooked, you know? So that, and then, so after that you get on shift and shift is basically based on whatever city, whatever municipality you work for, like in Gastonia, You'll work a 24-hour shift, and then you'll have two days off. So I work from 8 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say I go in 8 o'clock Saturday morning. I get off 8 o'clock Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So I'm off all day Sunday. Then I'm off all day Monday. 
And then I got to go back in on Tuesday morning at eight o'clock. They call mm -hmm. it one day on, two days off. So okay. it's basically a three day rotation. But in Charlotte, it's a little bit uh, more complicated than that. It's like one day on, one day off, one day on, two days off, one day on, and then four days off. And they call that a tour. So wow. theirs is a little bit more complicated, but yeah, for but but it's still set. But at the end of the day, every every fire department municipality uh, uh, in the United States, you you work nine and a half nine and a half days. Everybody works the same amount of days a month, and it's nine and a half days a month, but it's twenty four hour shifts. Mm. Wow! Wow! Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yep. Let's talk about this this physical fitness. <laughs> I think we. Yeah. I think me and Ronnie gonna sign up to do that little treadmill with the. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Twenty, twenty-three, twenty-four year old me. I, I yeah. probably could do it. Me and yeah. almost thirty-five years old. No. Hey. No. 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 <laughs> hey, Ronnie. It's. I, hey. It's a beast. I, I, I believe it. Look, he said, he said they took the extra, the extra 25. Like, I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I, 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 I'd have been done after the trip. I'm like, it's it, right? Hey, like, hey, it's, it's people that, <laughs> it's people that fall, it's people that fall off their treadmill because your legs get so weak. We get, your legs get weak. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you it's, got an extra that, 50 that, pounds on you. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I ain't gonna lie. But you, but you know, if you just like anything else, one thing that I've learned about life is that everything, no matter what we do, y'all, you know, everything is about preparation, right? right and if you, right. the better you prepare, the better you're going to be. I don't care if it's for an interview, for a fitness test, for, you know, for an assignment that you got to yeah. do at work. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. If you, you know, the better you're prepared for it, the better, the more likely, the better the result, right? That's true. So, so I, I just think people don't don't take that into account enough when it comes to even the small things in life. Yeah. If you right. you know if you prepare for it, that you know uh, you know obviously you're gonna have the chances of you having a better result to be much better. So it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. so, yep. so talking about fitness, we know that you mm -hmm. have a gym. So tell us a mm -hmm. little bit about your gym and you know how did you get started with that? Was it like a, as a result of having to continue to carry back all this mm -hmm. vest and the hazmat suit, or <laughs> how yeah, did that it, Well, well, it, um, when I was in, you know, playing, you know, when I went to John C. Smith and I played football, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've always tried to be in some, you know, some reasonable shape. You know, I've right. always liked working out. So, you know, the fire department was right down my alley. Well, mm -hmm. when I was at the fire department, you know, uh, one of my chiefs was like, hey. Uh, you know, you know, we pay, we'll pay, you know, because the fire department to pay for you to go to school. So, so they was like, yeah, we'll, we'll, they had a, they had a program where they would pay for you to get your training, uh, certification. So I was oh, like, wow. right. So I was like, hey, you know, so what's crazy is that when I went to do it, he said, you know what, they just stopped it because a lot of people weren't signing oh, up for it. So it. I went, in, so, but I was, by that time, I was already excited about it. So I just paid for it myself. Mm -hmm. When got my training certification, you know, I was already working out on my own. I was working out at the fire department and all of that yeah. stuff. So, so I started. So once I did that, you know, a lot of my friends and my, you know, my family members would want to come work out with me. And I was mm -hmm. like, man, you know what? I might as well make some money doing this. Right. So, so right. I went and start and became, you know, and started training. So, mm -hmm. at, you know, I was training out in South Park, out in South Park, at a gym in South Park. And I did that for a couple of years. And then I met a couple of other trainers out there and we were, you know, and, uh, and, uh, I had gotten into an accident and ended up coming across a little bit of money and I wanted to open up the side business. So mm -hmm. I actually bought a van carpet cleaning stuff and I was going to do all of that. Mm -hmm. And then, and 
I didn't have that stuff for maybe two weeks. And a buddy of mine was like, man, let's open a gym. Man, I sold that <laughs> stuff like instantly. And we found a place. I sold that stuff. We opened a gym and, you know, uh, and uh, it was it was uh, two of us at first. And then we brought in another guy. And uh-huh. uh, and, uh, you know, we, we went from there and everything, everything turned out all right. Everything turned out all right. So so, you know, we, we started out just buying stuff that people were selling, buying it off the mm-hmm. Internet and we would get it, paint it up, get yeah. it looking new, presentable. Mm-hmm. And we started with maybe three or four pieces of equipment. And then man, it kind of escalated from there, you know, because, you know, yeah. with personal training, as long as you, you know, know what you're doing and you're a personable person and, you know, mm-hmm. and, you, and, you're, mm-hmm. and you're genuine, you know, you genuinely care about people, you, you'll be successful at it. Right. So, right. So, so, you know, we did well. And then uh, I was training some, uh, some print, some girls that were, that were retired top cats, mm-hmm. uh, Chile, uh, Panthers for the cheerleaders. And, uh, you know, they were, they, they were enjoying it so much. They still had a connection with the with the with the organization, right? Mm-hmm. With the Panthers organization, they were like, "Hey, I think they're they're going to be looking for new trainers next year. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you mind if I, you know, you you do you mind if I put your name in a hat?" I was like, "No, not at all." So <laughs> so they did, and then the um the the then the Panthers organization. I can't remember her name right at this moment in time, but she's the one that took Jerry Richardson's spot. She I know uh, you know. Uh, the one that st- I know you know. Yeah, she started yeah. out as a cheerleader. She was over the cheerleaders when she mm-hmm. was one. Of, she was who Got basically. Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But her and Rochelle, which is Rochelle, was the the coordinator. She mm-hmm. she came up with all the dances, and then the the young lady that we were talking about. She was over the whole entire cheerleaders mm-hmm. and and the band portion, right? Oh, so wow. she came and interviewed. They both came and to my gym, interviewed mm-hmm. us and all of that stuff. And they they liked us so much they hired us on the spot. So, wow. we, so, so, uh, so we trained, uh, we trained with them for like, uh, about nine or 10 years wow. and up until, oh, up until just last March. Yeah. Until when they called me and, uh, they were basically like, man, you know, COVID COVID has got, got everything messed up. You know, we don't have, they don't know. They didn't know if we were going to have a football season. They most yeah. definitely weren't going to have fans. They weren't going to have cheerleaders. They were like, mm-hmm. look, so we're going to have to kind of terminate our contract until we figure out where do we go from here. Yeah. So that's where that's where we are right now, uh, right now with that. But but yeah, so the gym and like so so right now we've had that gym for uh, about twelve years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so like as far as like with the gym, like how does administration go? I I, I know some people that that are trying to open up a gym. Yeah. Like, yeah. can you just kind of explain like maybe some of the pitfalls, the pros and cons, and just yeah. what would go yeah. into like the administration process? Right. What I what I would say about that is the first thing we did was, you know, we came up with the name, came up with the logo. You know, we came up with, you know, brainstorming. Right. So exactly. we came up with, with the general concept and the general idea. So excuse mm-hmm. me. So we did that. And then once we had the name, we went down and we registered the name uh, down at the registers office at, uh, in Uptown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once we did that, then we uh, then we started. Uh, we got a, we got an LLC. OK. Mm-hmm. And. Right. There's a couple of different things that you can do, but the LLC is the best one to do because it, it protects you. Let's mm-hmm. say if someone well, someone was to get hurt in, in the gym and they mm-hmm. sued, the, they sued the gym. They can't sue me personally. Right. right. You know what I mean? So they can't they can't come and try to take my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they can, you know, obviously they can sue the gym itself. But an LLC protects protects you. It's a limited liability. So it protects you as an individual, even as a business owner. So mm-hmm. we went, got an LLC 
and um and you know we and like i said we found a, found a place to uh, to rent that's mm-hmm. that was probably one of the one of the one of the things that we looked up on is probably one of the hardest things to do mm-hmm. is finding a good location, location. right yeah. because you got to find a location because let, let's face it most of the people that you're probably going to be training especially uh whether it's individually or group m- most of them are going to be female right right and you want to make sure you're in a location that makes them feel safe you right. know and if right. and if not then you're going to have to go that extra mile to make them feel safe because where we were we were in a good location because we were in uptown but we had we were in an area where it was it was vagrants too, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know we would walk our clients in and mm-hmm. walk our clients out. And now yeah. we now the vagrants that was out there they never like would try to steal or anything. But what they would do is they would ask people for money, right? Mm-hmm. And we didn't we didn't want that. So we would walk out we would walk our clients all the way to their cars and and uh, you know and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And you know it was just it just became all about how you how you treat people. Uh, but yeah. you know we ended up getting the equipment. And nowadays, because of COVID, equipment equipment is hard to get because everybody's trying to make a home gym. Home but gym. generally, on on you know on a regular regular day, it gym equipment is not really all that hard to get. But you kind of piece it together. But but owning a gym, man, is is really about de- developing relationships. You yeah, know, right, because right. some people come to you for results, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the main deal, obviously. But I'm gonna be honest, the majority of people come to you to relieve stress mm-hmm. they come to you, especially in one-on-one training especially right. in one-on-one they, people they want they want to get a hard workout they mm-hmm. want to feel like they get their, their money's worth but they want to talk about their day too they want to complain mm-hmm. about stuff they want to complain about what happened at work you know they want to complain about their boyfriends and, and guess what you you know you be a good listener and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, don't give advice when you don't know what you're talking about. And, hey. and you know, just listen. <laughs> and, you know, and when you do, give give good. And when you know, when they when you do talk about something you like, you know, give give good advice. You know, and right, right. and make sure your workouts are quality workouts, and there's some thought mm-hmm. behind it. You know, and don't go in there trying to kill people. You know, because nobody wants to do that. You know, what I'm now don't get me wrong. Your first workout that you take somebody hard. through. If they, it's going to be hard on them regardless because they may, yeah. they've been sedentary. They probably haven't worked out in a while, you know, but, but you don't want to, but, but if they, if you, you, but you have to be smart, right? You have to see that and be like, okay, let's take a break. Let's take right. a break right now. You you know, you got to be able to read people, you know, and, 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 you know, and things like that. But, but, you know, that, that's what helped me to be, uh, to be a successful uh, business owner though. You know, yeah. really it's all about the connection you have with people at the end of the day. Gotcha. So, Sean, let me ask you a question, man. So, like, mm-hmm. what are some of the perks of being the top catch trainer? Did you, <laughs> did, you, look, did you get like exclusive seat? Or you want to get field access? I, look, I, I just want some insight. I, I, I will tell you this: the NFL does not particularly care that, that like, the way it's set up, mm-hmm. and I think it's like this. I obviously I only deal with one organization, but I think it's this way across the board. They don't like to deal in monetary. They don't like to deal in money. Right. 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 So. So in other words, it's not like, oh, you do this and we're going to pay you this amount of money. Mm -hmm. So when you see all like when you see all of these advertisements of like, you know, like Atrium Health or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. this or that, you know, a lot of that, you know, when they have box seats and stuff like that, a lot of that stuff is done through trade and not necessarily Mm -hmm. through money. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so basically, we we had a deal with them where we we told them what we what we they told us what they wanted. 
So mm -hmm. we, my business partner and I, created a plan mm -hmm. and basically said, "This how much is gonna, this how much we would charge you to do this." Right. Right. And then they were like, "Okay, well, this is what we can give you. That's equal to to the value, to the value, that value." And you either accept it or you don't. You know, so it, it really worked out for us. We ended up getting advertisements in the bowl, you know, right. on the big screen. They would have our logo wow. up there. And, you know, and all, we had PSLs every year, you know, um, you know, it, it, it turned out, you know, I mean, it was a good deal. Like, I, I can't, you know, and they were fair. They were most definitely fair. It wasn't, you know, they just don't. I think that's just the way the NFL works. They don't, you right. know what I mean? They don't believe in, you know, paying, you know, so a lot of times. And again, I don't know the the contract that they have with yeah. other organizations, I mean, other, you know, organizations and stuff. But generally mm -hmm. speaking, when you see like that advertisement and stuff in the bowls, like when you're at the game and all of that, a lot of that stuff is done through trading. trading you know what I'm saying? Right. And not necessarily monetary amount of money. Gotcha. That's interesting. So, but, but working for, but, but, but it was, it was, it was cool, man. You know, it was, you know, at first being a, being a, a young man, and I, I, I must say that my wife handled it well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, <laughs> but but at the same time, uh, but but at the same time, <clears throat> I wanted her to feel comfortable about it, so yeah. I would get her involved in it. So right. let's say because I was one of the judges too when the girls tried out. So when wow. I went through that process, they would give us, you know, basically spreadsheets of the pictures of the girls, and mm -hmm. you know, and I was the fitness judge, right? So I mm -hmm. judged it from a fitness perspective, which was. Tough, really, really, really tough for me at the beginning, by the way, because I felt like I was, even though I wasn't, I felt like I was being degrading. Like to sit right, there right. And, and I got to judge your body. Like, yeah. I, you know, I felt, felt like I just felt being a guy, I just felt really bad doing that my oh, first year. Yeah. My first year, I was like, man, I, you know what I mean? Because I understand nobody's going to be perfect. Shoot, everybody's, right. you know what I'm saying? People got flaws, whether it's mentally, physically, whatever the case may be. And now I got to sit up here and judge somebody's flaws. You know, I I didn't like that, right? But, but you know, I understood it. that really wasn't the whole deal behind it. And I just kind of yeah. got over it. But either way, I would, so I would get spreadsheets of all these girls. And, if, you know, what I would do, it, I, I would bring it home to my wife. And I'd be like, hey, go through this with me. What you think about this girl? What you think about this girl? You know, I, you know, so I kept her. You know, sometimes I took her advice and sometimes I did, but mo mostly mm -hmm. I did it to to just get her engaged. So she would, you know, to make her more comfortable with the right. fact that I'm around cheerleaders all the time. Right. Oh, yeah. So. So, yeah. So that but, you know, but it was cool. We would have to go up to the Panther Stadium and train them a, a couple of times, a, a couple of times a month. And then they would also come to our gym in small groups or either as individuals and train, too. Mm -hmm. So, so it, it, but it was, it was a, it was a good deal, you know, while it, while it lasted anyway. Yeah. Right. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yep. So, so we must ask you, um, how okay. do you balance everything? I mean, you have a family, you have a career. You have you an have, HOA family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 How do you balance uh, everything? Um, you know, to be honest, I think that the things that I've been through in life, the, mm -hmm. my life experiences, mm -hmm. and generally the type of person that I am, kind of really, really help prepare me for 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 being for being in the position that I'm in. And right. and the reason why I say that, like I I give you an example. I mean, I have people tell me all the time, man, there's no way I can do that HOA stuff. It ain't mm -hmm. no way. And, and and I ain't gonna lie. And it get it gets extremely, extremely frustrating. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but I just try to keep my keep my mind on the fact that hey, this is the key. The neighborhood yeah. saved. This is the key. Yeah. Everybody's property value up. You know, and Appreciate and it. at the end of the day, what what the only the thing that makes the most frustrating part about it is that people you we try to I try to give people as people say I talk too much. Well, at those meetings, well, I'm, I'm I, and I can I can yeah y'all know that Candace, I know you know that. <laughs> But I, the same thing. That's why I'm laughing. Hey, I try to get out as much information as I can. But yeah, what right, happens right. is what happens, people won't show up to the meetings and just like last night. So my wife went out with her friends last night. So it was me and my daughter. It was our day yesterday. So we went out to eat and we, you know, we went to the grocery store because we were going to do s'mores and all that stuff. Well, at the grocery store, I got stopped by somebody in the neighborhood, right? And because they don't come to the meetings, and which I'm, I'm listen, I'm cool with that. But because they don't come to the meetings, they basically wanted a one-on-one meeting right there in the grocery store. You know what I mean? Because and, and they don't obviously say that, but they start asking a bunch of questions. Well, and I don't, right, mind yeah. I don't mind answering them. But but we literally stand it. We've been standing here for 35 minutes. My daughter's like, Dad, let's go. You know what I mean? And, and I'm like, OK, at some point you got to say, you know, I'm telling I'm telling like, hey, just come to him. You know, it, the last meeting was Zoom. Just, just yeah, come, yeah. you know, yeah, whether you got complaints, right. Whether you got complaints or you got concerns and, you know, because she's, you know, they started throwing up stuff and I'm like, if you, if you came to a meeting, you would know that, you know, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But, but that's what, that's the part that kind of, that kind of gets frustrating, you know, that, and I get calls at two, three o'clock in the morning, 12, you know, about stuff that's going on and all of that. But, but but you know but juggling it all it's it's, it's tough you know it, it's really tough right now i'm i'm my business partner is running the gym the majority of the time because i'm in mm-hmm. school and all of that he he's yeah. doing the majority of it but my wife told me the other day she said sean it took me 10 years to get you to slow down and you finally starting to slow down because mm-hmm. you know i always you know as a man you know you just you know you want to do your part right you want right, to make sure yeah. like man i you know i'm doing whatever i can to put my family in the best position as possible yeah and and it's crazy because i was talking to her dad last weekend mm-hmm. and i called him because i'm just i'm getting into uh stocks and trading and stuff mm-hmm. and i said hey let me ask you a question i said at what point as a man do do i stop worrying about getting ahead you know mm-hmm. going further you know getting to that next that next tear in the ladder like at what mm-hmm. point and this dude it shocked me this dude said sean i never felt that way i was like what you know and i was like there's something wrong with me because i've always felt like man what can i do to get to that, that next step mm-hmm. what can i do to make more money to improve you know blah blah blah. i'm always thinking like that and th- to be you know it, it's it's taking a toll on me it's taking a toll on me you know mentally if it you know what I mean? Right. But I mean, I, I put myself in this position I, and at the end of the day, it's not that I'm unhappy about it. I'm happy about it. But mm-hmm. sometimes I can't sleep. Hey, <laughs> you know I mean? So, 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 yeah. so, yeah, so yeah. Sean, what's, so what's next for you as far as your fire career, the gym and just mm-hmm. like what, what are your goals in the next couple of years? OK, so I'm streamlining right now. So mm-hmm. uh um, so basically what I'm doing is, like I said, I went back to school. I only, uh, I'll be done. I only have like four classes left. So I'll be done here shortly. Same um, here. Same here. I, I know. Right. So, um, it's a grind, ain't it? It's a grind. Man, but, I'm I, you, man. It, but so, uh, so, um, 
I'm about to apply for a supervisor position at work. Nice. So hopefully, hopefully I'll get that. But if not, I'm gonna I'm keep pushing forward. You know, wow. I, I, I've and uh, so my the gym. I basically told my business partner like, "Hey man, you know, I'm probably not gonna come back like that." You know, he and he told me he said I still want you to be affiliated with it, but I told him yeah. I'm probably not gonna come back it come back in like I was. You know, I'm just gonna be more yeah. or less like a silent partner on the outside. Yeah. And uh, so my plan is to put more of my focus into uh into my into the fire career to be honest and right. just you know just have that one solid career and just yeah. try to work my way towards retirement you know because i right. think my next step i think you know obviously things mm -hmm. change but my plan is my next step is going to probably be my final step like i'll probably retire from that position unless mm -hmm. something crazy happens and i get a chance right. to uh apply for the, the fire marshal's position the head fire marshal like mm -hmm. later like you know maybe eight years or something from now but but the next position that the supervisor position that i'm i'm applying for that's that's probably going to be my next step and one other thing i want to i want to add to that if you know mm -hmm. with people that are interested in the fire service yeah you know it's it's, it's not enough it's not enough of us in it you know it's not right. enough right. you know because the you know when you have a fire a music uh, fire department or police department you want it to fit the community demographically right, right. and Right. So we're about 31, 32 percent, you know, people of color in, in Charlotte. But, you know, but the fire department is a much smaller percentage than that. And I, I don't mm -hmm. know the exact number, maybe like nine or something like that. Wow. And um, and uh, and we just need to get more. But the thing about it is, it's just that people just don't realize how good of a career it can be. And you don't have to come in and fight fire. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you don't, because, you know, you know how especially how we are, you know, Black people, black people, like, look, I ain't going in a burning building. You know what I mean? So, but you don't, right? So you don't have to, you don't have to do that. You, if you like computers, you can come in in IT. You know, right. if you like investigations, you can come in investigating fires. You can come in doing what I do now. I just happen to come in through operations, but yeah. you can still get hired as an inspector as long as you yeah. you can meet the qualifications. You know what I mean? Right, but right. it's so many things, so many. It's man, the fire department carries such a larger gamut than just fighting yeah. fire. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? There's so many other things that you can do, man, and it's and it's really a, a really a good career. They'll, like I said, they'll pay for you to go to school. If you're in operations, if you're on the operations side and you ride the truck, you can retire in 25 years, man. Like wow. where else can you know? I mean, it's you know. So I, and and uh, one thing that that I really noticed is just getting out here in the public. It never dawned on me is that. You know, I would see kids in, in some of these neighborhoods and they're just not used to seeing people in fire department uniforms and fire department vehicles. You know what I mean? Right. You know, of that look like me. Right. right. They look like right. us. Right. You know, and, and, you know, and I and I, you know, I carry, you know, I carry I, that that I carry that with a sense of pride. Right. Mm -hmm. So I make sure when I ride through my neighborhoods and stuff, if I see kids, I always stop and talk to them. Okay. You know, I always, you know, just kind of have good conversation with them and stuff like that but we just need we we really need to get more involved in in in, in this career because it's a good career most definitely yeah. right so i'm so glad you said that because that was going to be my closing question um was mm -hmm. to ask you you know what could we do to kind of help people so you know i think you really summed it up there just Perfectly. by saying that yeah. you know being visible um that says a mm -hmm. lot you know speaking yeah. to people letting people see you um right so. That's that's wonderful. Well, just and just to you know, to kind of like uh, um, 
top that off, you know, one of the things when I was working in Gastonia, which I love Gastonia, you know, they, they were, you know, that was a good department to work for. And, um, you know, when I, but when I was there, hardly anybody like the, as far as the command staff, like white shirts, right. Chiefs and all right, that stuff, exactly. you know, you just didn't have anybody of color, right. You just didn't, you know, and, uh, you know, because of the sheer lack of numbers that work for the department anyway. Right. Uh, so, but when I came to Charlotte and, you know, I started on the same day that, a that, that the, because that the black fire chief that got me the job, he only lasted like another year or two and he was gone. Right. Wow. So there was right. So, so the majority of my career there, it was a couple of captains that were that were black, but not many, not many. And um, but when I came to Charlotte and I saw like all of these black chiefs and, you know, even the I got hired on the same day. I started the same day as the, the fire chief for Charlotte Fire Department, uh, Chief Johnson, which is a black guy. And just to see that every day. Now I see how when when some people look at me like, look, man, I can do that. You know what right. I mean? And, you know, and just just knowing you know, just being able to see it and know that that you can do it, that's and hopefully that'll push more that's people it. to be to be more interested in it and be be and to be willing to do it. Because mm -hmm. the fire service, man, I mean, you got to think this is a this is a, a um a career that it hasn't always been accepting for uh for right. people of color. You know, right. you know, you you, you got to think. You know, it's people that still living today that mm -hmm. that rode fire trucks that sprayed people that look like us. Yeah. To, you know, they still living. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, it, you know, it, it hasn't always been that way, you know, for the fire service. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's but, you know, it's coming along. You know, we get more yeah, people right, of color right. and, and hopefully we'll keep, we'll keep pushing towards that. And that's the reason why you're here, Sean. <laughs> this is why you're here. This is why you're doing this. But, guys, we yeah. really want to thank Sean for coming on today and sharing his knowledge. Um, Ronnie, got anything? Man, look, man, we really, we really appreciate you yeah. taking time out your busy schedule. We know it's busy. Oh God! We know, we, we, look, we know as soon as it's over, you got to run and do yeah. something, yeah. something else. Yes, yeah. 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 we, we really do. We really do appreciate you, man, and, and thank you yeah. for coming. Yeah. Uh, do you have any like closing remarks that you want to impart on us? No, no, just, just, man, you know, man, just no matter what, you can, you can still treat people well, be yeah. respectful. Be respectful to people, no matter what color, no matter you know, no matter what their mm -hmm. their background is, no matter no matter no matter what it is, you can still be respectful people and like people and still and still not lose who you are. Right. You know what I mean? So, but but I just think all in all, man, just we you know we as people, period. No matter what color we are, man, we just need to get better at just being nice to people and treat and and the old adage said is you can never go wrong treating people how you want to be treated. You know what mm. I mean? And that, that's no matter what you do, no matter what your career, be respectful, treat people nicely, try to smile as much as possible and, and keep it moving. And that, that goes a long way. Right. A long it way. Does. It does. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> well, guys, guys, thank you so much for watching. Um, Where can people find us, Ronnie? Oh, you can, you can find us on Cohort 1986, mm. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Instagram, yeah, and, and maybe one day we'll add the Twitch and all that other stuff that I don't understand. And Sean, where can people find you? Man, uh, in Uptown Charlotte, working. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, well, I don't. On the streets. <laughs> hey, hey, if you see the Charlotte Fire Department car 328, just hit the horn, throw me away. Okay. You know what I mean? Because, you know, like I say, I'm just out there trying to keep people safe, man. Great. All right, great. Thank you so and much. Guys, man. thank you so much for watching, right. man. And I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Peace bye. out. Amazing. All right, y'all. All right, bye.